Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. We're joined by former Raider great Stanford Route. Stan, we took a well-deserved break, but back at it as plenty of news this week, including the NFL suspending Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley for the upcoming season for betting on games. The AFC West just got a hell of a lot better, my man. But let's talk about some Raider news. The team restructured the deals of running back Kenyon Drake, starting left tackle Colton Miller. The move creates about $14 million in cap space. Now the Raiders have approximately Eh, 32 to 35 million to spend this offseason. But Stan, I think the surprising move of the day is that the team didn't tender fullback and team captain Alec Engel, allowing him to become a free agent. I mean, it doesn't mean they can't bring him back, but I'm shocked by this move. What are your thoughts? Yeah, anytime you have a chance to go ahead and tender somebody, basically get them on the cheap or extend it for one more year of getting them on the cheap, it is always a little bit of a head scratcher whenever they don't elect to do that. So, I think uh, more remains to be seen. Maybe there's something in the works where they already have another fullback that they've targeted in the draft, free agency, something like that. So uh, we'll just have to go ahead and see. I do know that um been rumors about the 49ers possibly not bringing back uh, – you- I don't want to I don't want to mispronounce his <laughs> no, name, but the, the stud Jack, fullback. Right? You, yes. Yeah, uh, the one, the stud fullback. He's like yes. a five-time pro bowler for the yes. 49ers. Fantastic player. You know who I'm talking about. I just don't want to mispronounce his name. Use check or something like that. Yes, close uh, Really, really fantastic player. So I don't yes. want to make it seem like me not knowing his name is because he's not talented because he's phenomenal. And maybe the Raiders are feeling like, okay, we know he's probably going to be on the market soon. So let's go ahead and kind of, you know, put our hand, put, uh, sit on our hands and maybe we can go ahead and make a run at him. So who knows exactly what they're thinking, but also could be. Josh McDaniels coming from the New England Patriots. The Patriots did not exactly employ a fullback a lot within their offense. So also could just be a change of regime. And now also seeing that the fullback position is not something that is highly used or as valuable as it was with the old regime with the Raiders. Yeah, you know, uh, he was injured in week 10 and missed the rest of the regular season. But, you know, great blocker, good hands. I almost felt like he was the heart and soul of his team, Stan. I mean, a lot of what he did didn't always show up in the box score. I mean, he was a leader inside that locker room. So kind of puzzler, you, you know, maybe they do, you're right, new regime. Maybe they have their eyes on somebody else. Maybe they want to bring him back and just at a cheaper deal. I don't know, but yeah. we'll have to wait and see. So, all right, well, football may be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, as I mentioned earlier, the AFC West and how it's suddenly been reshaped in the entire AFC after the Denver Broncos acquired Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for quarterback Drew Locke. 
Tight end Noah Fant, defensive end Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, which includes a number overall nine selection this year and a number one in 2023. Two second-round picks in this year's draft in 2023 as well and a 2022 fifth-round pick as well. Stan, what do you make of this trade? Uh, well, uh, I guess you could kind of say a long time coming. Seems like uh, there's always been those rumblings about Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks pretty much over about the last year and a half. Obviously, Denver not being one of the four teams that he mentioned last year that he would go to as far as the Saints, the Cowboys, the Raiders, and I forget who else it was. I forget who that four team was, but I don't. The Bears, the Raiders. um, The Bears, the Raiders, Saints, and Cowboys. That's it. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the Broncos weren't one of those four. But uh, but obviously we see that the New Orleans Saints job is now as it's not as lucrative as it once was. No Sean, no Sean Payton anymore. The Dallas Cowboys locked up Dak Prescott. Then with the Las Vegas Raiders, obviously that was an option, but that's not what came to fruition. And then the Chicago Bears changing head coaches now with Ibrahim, who's more of a defensive minded type of guy. So that's the same thing that you're dealing with in this uh, in the Seattle uh, facility with the Pete Carroll. So now you have a Russell Wilson going to a team that has a good defense going to a team that has good weapons they did not have to unload a bevy of their weapons to acquire Russell Wilson and an offensive-minded head coach in and Hackett who obviously was coaching Aaron Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers so I think that all in all I think that uh, Russell Wilson got some of what he wanted now Russell Wilson was in the NFC that was now that was going to be without Tom Brady no more Drew Brees and pretty much you had Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl champion now, and an Aaron Rodgers, who he had to compete with uh, for supremacy within the NFC. And now you're in the AFC. And just in your division, you got Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Derek Carr. That's just in your division right now. So I think that Russell Wilson may have a little bit of buyer's remorse uh, after the end of the next season, depending on how everything goes and him seeing that it's not going to be as easy to make the playoffs, not because he's not a fantastic quarterback, but just because there are so many other great ones within the AFC. You know, Stan, I I think that the Broncos won this trade. I mean, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. I mean, the guy's a proven winner, Super Bowl winner, a future Hall of Famer. You know, I've said many times on this podcast that the Raiders were going to trade Derek Carr. I'm calling Green Bay for Rodgers, and I'm calling Seattle for Russell Wilson. Obviously, Rodgers stays. Russell gets dealt to Denver. But, I mean, Stan, the Broncos finally have their quarterback. I mean, since Peyton Manning retired, I looked at these numbers. They used 11 quarterbacks yeah, 11 different since stars. 2016. And, I mean, look, at Drew Locke stinks. I mean, we saw him <laughs> enough. Does, <laughs> I, I'm serious. Noah Fant, I mean, in three years, he's averaged 55 receptions a year. You could say he didn't have a quarterback. Fine, whatever. Those aren't great numbers. Shelby Harris, he's solid. He's not a game changer. Six sacks last year in 22 and eight seasons. The draft choices, you don't know what you're going to get, but on paper, man, I like this deal for Denver, the AFC West. I mean, look at this, Stan. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs, Justin Herbert, L.A. Charger, Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos, and, of course, Derek Carr with the Raiders. Stan, they have a combined 17 Pro Bowls, two Lombardi trophies. Rank the quarterbacks for me in that division in order, top to bottom. Yes, yes, we're going to do it. Yes, Okay, all right. Oh, man, Uh, you put me on the spot, but oh, well. Uh, it's not like I'm about to say anything that no, that nobody else already doesn't know. So I would have to go ahead and go with, I'm going to rank them. And then I'm going to give them like a, a number grade okay. per se. Okay. Uh, if you if we were to rate one to 10, as far as one being complete trash and 10 being sure. 
the best ever, whatever. <clears throat> so ranking, I would go with Pat Mahomes. I would go with, uh, I, ranking, I would go with Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Wow, okay. Russell Wilson. Okay. And then Derek Carr. Now, if I'm giving you a number grade, and this, and I want to make sure that I give the number grade because I want to show exactly where I think everyone is ranked and how far one is behind the other. Okay. So if I'm going to go with rankings, I'm sorry, if I'm going to go with numerical rankings, then I would go and I would say Pat Mahomes is, let's, I'd give him, let's say a 92, 93, okay. something right. like that, 9.2, whatever. I would go with Justin Herbert at about an 86, something like that. So 8.6. Then Russell Wilson, I would go as 8.3, 8.4. And I would go with Derek Carr, probably about a 7.8, something like that. All right. 7.8, maybe 7.5, you know, okay. anywhere in that area. I'm with you. I definitely, Patrick Mahomes is number one. He, he, he is. I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I think Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback. Just He's 34. Like I said, his resume speaks for itself. I think he's played with some horrific offensive lines in Seattle, Stan. And, and you know, some offenses that are conservative as well with Pete Carroll because he'd like to run the ball. And then at the last minute, okay, Russell, save us in the last two minutes. And Wilson's performing all this magic. So I would actually put Russell Wilson second. I'm, I know a lot of people are going to be like, Dennis, you're crazy. You're biased and all this. Just because what he's done, he's got to the Raiders to the playoffs twice. I am going to put Derek Carr third. I know Justin Herbert mm -hmm. two years into the league, but they still haven't got over the top yet, the Chargers, and you could say whatever it is. It's a quarterback-driven league, and Justin just hasn't got there yet. That's the only reason why I'll put Derek third, because look, it came down to one game last year, and the Raiders beat the Chargers to get into the playoffs, and Justin Herbert was home. I'll put Justin Herbert there in fourth, just slightly. I mean, just slightly. Look, that... It's ridiculous that those are the four quarterbacks in the AFC West. And then, Stan, now, listen to this. Hold on. Well, well, let me get to one more point. This is just in the AFC now. Oh, yeah. I'm just yeah. going to expand oh, yeah, it Listen to this. We've got Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, all are 26 or younger. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, Stan. Now, <laughs> as far as going back to your rankings, you put Russell Wilson second, you put uh, Derek Carr third, and then you put Justin Herbert fourth, correct? Yep, yep. So if we're talking about it's a quarterback-driven league, yep, and we talk about the accolades, things like that, then here we go. I'll ask this. What is Russell Wilson without the Legion of Boom? I get what you're saying. I do understand that, but I also think that they have played for some shaky, like I said, very shaky offensive lines, very conservative play calling in Seattle. You just described Justin Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 trust me. I trust me. Russell Wilson going to Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. Right. And I mean, obviously, like he does well off the field too. Look at Sierra <laughs> for crying out loud. But my point that I'm trying to make is I think Russell Wilson is a fantastic quarterback. There's no doubt about that. Right. Let me go ahead and first get that out there. But when I when when you sit up and you say he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, which obviously puts him in a different stratosphere rather than the good quarterbacks that never won one, I, that's why I have to go ahead and stop you and I say, what is Russell Wilson without the Legion of Boom? And this is what I mean. Without Legion of Boom, Russell Wilson is still a Pro Bowl quarterback, no yes. doubt about that. But is he a Super Bowl champion quarterback? Is he a two-time Super Bowl participant quarterback? I'm not so sure about that. That's why I ask 
what is he without the Legion of Boom? Because then he's just a Pro Bowl-level quarterback, which is the same thing that Justin Herbert has eclipsed in just his second season being a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. Same thing with the Derek Carr that you can say to a certain degree. So that's why, for me, I give the nod to Justin Herbert being number two over at Russell Wilson because I'm trying to take accolades, postseason appearances out of it. I know, obviously, it's a quarterback-driven league, and they're graded by postseason performances. But I'm just great. I'm grading it pretty much on me as a DB. Who am I nervous about more, or should I say more nervous about going into the game on Sunday? And Justin Herbert, big, strong arm. He's sure. a gunslinger. You know, obviously, the guy was like a double major at Oregon, had like a right, very high GPA, guy, yes. you know, all yeah. of that. Uh, and then Russell Wilson being more on the shorter end of the spectrum. Physically, I believe right. Russell Wilson is what, six foot? Maybe six his one. His hands five, are enormous. Yeah, his hands are so, enormous. So just off of that alone, when you see a shorter quarterback, sometimes it's a little bit harder for them to see over the line, things like that. And to me, I think Justin Herbert makes more of the routine plays where okay, he's in the gun, he drops back the pass, makes a nice throw to Mike Williams or Keenan Allen or Jerry Cook or whomever. Boom, boom, boom. But Russell Wilson, like you just said, it's more hey Russ. Go out there and be great. Be magical in this fourth quarter where Russell Wilson's scrambling. He's finding Baldwin or whether it was Percy Harvin or now DK Metcalf and Lockett and all those guys. And like, it's just it's more just magic happening in Sandlot football rather than just the routine play. So that's why I give Justin Herbert the nod over Russell Wilson, because like I said, if you take Russell Wilson's Super Bowl championship away, and obviously I know I'm, I'm saying if, but that's not the case. If you do that, then that's where I wonder how much does that alter one's perception of Russell Wilson as a quarterback versus the other top-notch guys? Yeah, Stan, you know, I wonder now with the addition of Russell Wilson with the Broncos, you know, the Raiders, I feel, are going to be better offensively with Josh McDaniels as the head coach. Obviously, they still need a few moving parts, improve the offensive line, still need a number one wide receiver. But I'm wondering now if their shift – or their emphasis maybe goes to the defensive side of the ball with free agency starting next week. I think it should. The draft coming up. And Casey Hayward, I definitely think they got to get back. But Stan, let me ask you this, and, and, and I wonder this. I grew up with, the, you know, I'm old enough to remember the Steelers' great steel curtain. Uh, oh, the Bears' yeah. 1985 defense, and the Ravens with some absolutely great defenses in the 2000s. We all yeah. know the... And the, the Bucs in that 2002 season. Yeah, we all know the rules are geared towards offense. But in the AFC West, do you draft more offense to try to keep up with these other offenses or either the Raiders? Or is the emphasis on defense to look at? You're not going to shut these teams out, but to be able to maybe just limit what they do, maybe limit the 14, 21 points a game, limit the explosive plays. Where would you make that emphasis? Would you put it more on offense to keep up with these other offenses? Or would you go to the other side of the ball in defense? I probably would go ahead and because maybe I'm a little bit of a homer, I would probably uh, look to add some more pieces in that front seven just because we all see right now, I just got an alert on my phone with the uh, the Chicago Bears fight, trying to finalize the trade, sending Khalil Mack to the Los Angeles Chargers in the AFC West. So we see Pat Mahomes, we see Russell Wilson, we see Justin Herbert, we see Derek Carr, like you just said, what do they have? What is it, 17 Pro Bowls between all four right. of them or something yeah. like that, two yes. Super Bowl championships? So obviously it's definitely a quarterback-driven AFC West. It's a quarterback-driven division. So you're going to have to find a way to put pressure on those quarterbacks. You're going to have to find a way to go ahead and put them on their back 
not just pressure them and make them step up in the pocket or elude the pocket, things like that. you got to put them on their back. That way it's a sack. And now it's second and 17. It's third and 16. It's now four down where they're punting rather than still having the ball in their hands. So that to me, I think you have to put just as much emphasis on once you feel like you've solidified the offense. But for the Raiders, yes, you still need a number one receiver. I think you could add some more pieces to the offensive line as well, things like that. Give Derek Carr maybe one more weapon along with a Hunter Renfro, uh, along with a uh, Darren Waller, people like that. But I do not believe that you should go ahead and just completely ignore the defense because you look at the Denver Broncos, they got a tough defense. You look at the Los Angeles Chargers, if they get a Khalil Mack to add him with a Joey Bosa, oh my God, get ready. I see remnants of Sean Phillips and Sean Merriman all over again in that powder blue uniform. And then when you go ahead and look at the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously you have a Frank Hart, uh, you have a, a Chris Jones right there in the middle. You have guys who get after the quarterback. So I think that in this division, you have to have multiple pass rushers. Obviously, we have Ngakwe, and then we have a Max Crosby, all pro selection, my boy, uh, much reserved. So you have to get after the quarterback along with being able to score points because let's say you're against the Los Angeles Chargers again. You're up, what was the score? 29 to 14, I believe, with about four minutes to go. And then guess what? Justin Herbert marches right down the field, fourth down, no problem. Fourth down again, no problem. Fourth down again, no problem. Matter of fact, we're going to score a touchdown on this fourth down. But if Justin Herbert is on his back because he just got sacked with that pass rush now collapsing the pocket, well, then we're riding away from this game, running four-minute offense in victory formation, not having to go ahead and hurry up in overtime to go ahead and try to put up a score. So that's why I say you cannot just go ahead and completely ignore the defense side of the ball, even though it's now a quarterback-driven league. It's definitely a quarterback-driven division. I would say that, yes, you've got to go ahead and still be able to get after the quarterback. All right, let's move on to our final topic now. And on Monday, the Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley suspended for at least the 2022 season. After gambling on games in 2021, the NFL released a statement announcing his suspension, saying Ridley gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November. He was placed on the non-football injury list to address his mental health. That's when all of this happened. And then he did a series of tweets on Monday after the suspension was announced, and he said he bet $1,500 total and that he doesn't have a gambling problem. He also tweeted that he couldn't even watch football at the time he made the bets. He added that he's just going to be more healthy when he comes back. And I know I was wrong, but getting one year, LOL. The NFL determined that Ridley placed multi-leg parlay bets involving three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons to win by his mobile device out of state. Stan, what do you think of the suspension? Oh, well... He was gambling on FanDuel for five days straight. Yep. He was away from the Atlanta Falcons while he was doing this. Yes. He was not playing in any games while he was doing this. Correct. Aside from the fact that, obviously, he has the insider info. Yes. So, he's betting on certain games, and he knows, okay, so-and-so got benched in practice this week. He's not going to be starting, or so-and-so tweaked an ankle. They're probably going to be a game-time decision. It seems like he's probably going to be out because my boy already told me that a couple days ago, even though it hasn't hit the wire yet, it hasn't hit the news yet, things like that. I believe, obviously, that's an added advantage one could have whenever they're betting on games because they have the insider info, almost kind of like insider trading within the stock market, things like that, for five days straight. And it and correct me if I'm wrong, it was just for five days. It wasn't for the entire season he was no, betting. Correct. Am I correct? Because he played six games, and then he left the team because he said he wanted to deal with mental health. 
and then he did it in November, and he said it was a total of $1,500, and it was a parlay bets involving three, five, and eight games. And he did bet on the Falcons to win. When I really look at that in totality, I do believe just for setting a precedent and just for obviously the optics, I do believe if you're Roger Goodell, you have to do something to Calvin Ridley. I do believe that. There's no doubt about that because that just could create an open Pandora's box. And then you got a whole lot of issues down the line. And I thought that with the Las Vegas Raiders moving to Las Vegas in Sin City, where gambling is just synonymous with the city, but now obviously FanDuel, you can do it everywhere. I thought there was going to be an issue with the Raiders. I'm not going to lie to you. But to your question, to your point, I do believe that he should have been punished. I'm not sure if a season is a, warrants all that. I'm not sure. Now, if it's Pete Rose where you're actually coaching, you're playing in games that you're betting on, that's different. Right. But you're away from the game, you're away from the team, and you're just simply betting. That's where I get, yes, he needs to be punished. I would say maybe, maybe if you really, really want to be uh, that cynical, eight games or half the season, well, can't do it eight can't and a half games. I know, we got you, know, eight, you can't do eight, eight and a half anymore. I got yeah, you. Like, like right. eight games, I yeah. could see that. But a whole season for just five consecutive days of gambling, he wasn't on the team or with the team or playing in any games. That's where, uh, I mean, I get it. I get it what Roger Goodell is doing. I get it. I'm just not sure if that's necessary for a whole season and he's away from the game. Now, if he's playing in the games, oh, yeah, then I get it. You know what I mean? You could be out there possibly point shaving, things like that. I get it. If you're coaching for the team, coaching in the game, I get it. But away from the team, just simply having the insider info, that's where I think, yeah, the eight games – yeah, the insider info, you could potentially be damaging the integrity of the game, things like that. Absolutely, I get it. But a whole 16, I'm sorry, a whole 17, that right there to me, it seems a little bit overkill. It does. Yeah, he does have a, the opportunity to appeal it. And, and I do wonder if they'll reduce it. I, I, I think maybe they might reduce it to like, these odd games now, maybe 12, 13 games. I mean, he, he's got to be suspended. I mean, it, Stan, don't you do symposiums where you brought it? You can't. And there, you, the league has told you, you cannot bet on games. Correct? Am I correct? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'll say this. Yes, at the symposium, you're told not to do certain things. But the NFL in itself has a lot of hypocritical type of uh, type of thing. And I say this. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. As a a player, you know who you're not allowed to be associated with as far as endorsing anything? As a player, you, you know what entity you're not allowed to have any ties with as far as endorsing their product. Well, I'm, I would imagine something involving gambling. It used to be, but I don't know anymore because like you said, they've got deals with fa- FanDuel, Caesars. Well, no, it's a player. Not as, not as the league, it's a player. There's a certain entity you have, you cannot be associated with as far as endorsing their product. Who is it? Alcohol. Really? But. I've never heard that. Oh yeah. You're not allowed to like, you, that's why I think you'll never see a player like endorsing Bud Light, Budweiser. Uh, I don't know, whatever the top beers out right. there are. I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. But guess what? Isn't Bud Light like the official drink of the NFL? Or like oh, the, official, the official, like, you know, beer of the NFL? That is really And I know that because I see, I know that because I see the commercials in the, in the signs. Wow. <laughs> I had never but, heard that, Stan. Oh, yeah. So the NFL can endorse alcohol, but 
you is Pat Mahomes or, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Ladanian Tomlinson or, you know, <laughs> Saquon Barkley or whomever. Oh, no, you can't do that. But, oh, we can. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. So okay. just off of that alone, there's a lot of hypocritical uh, features within the NFL. But like I said, you know, I think that we obviously saw how back at one point in time, smoking marijuana, smoking pot in the NFL was illegal. Or should I say, you know, it was against the rules. Now, obviously, they have migrated against that. And I think with the explosion of now the online betting, the sports betting, things like that, we can now do it on your phone. I believe that you're probably going to see a little bit of a leniency going forward on that just because now it's just more widespread. It used to be you have to go to Atlantic City. Yep. You have to go to Vegas to place that bet, things like that. Now you can just do it from your smartphone, from your living room, you know, like, so I think that you're probably going to see some level of leniency or just some level of latitude within this whole sports betting type of type of thing. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how, but just based on the way things have gone over the last couple of years with other topics and subjects within sports, I do think that you'll probably see that, but like I said, if they go ahead and they reduce it to, let's say, 11 games, he's suspended for 11 games. He can play in six of them. You know what? I'm okay with that. But I think the whole season, I mean, I just think that's overkill. I really, really do. You know, I see uh, betting stand at some point. It's getting bigger and bigger, and the NFL knows it can make more and more money. I think it's going to be in stadiums at some point. I mean, I've been over to Europe. I've been over to English Premier League matches. You can bet inside those stadiums on games, and I mm. can definitely see the NFL – at some point getting to that because gambling, I believe, is is legal now in at least between 20 to 25 states. It might be even mm -hmm. more, maybe even 25 to 30. So it's a moneymaker for the NFL. I yeah. know, you know, they're dead set against their players betting, and I get it, and I understand that he should have been suspended. But same time, you know, the NFL, like you said, is hypocritical. We got a team in Vegas, our team, the Raiders, FanDuel, Caesars. You know, you see, I mean, I don't know how many gambling commercials from Caesars and all these other casinos you see now. Yeah during an NFL game. So we'll see. We'll see if it gets reduced. I don't want you to mention any names. Did you ever have any teammates, college NFL that gambled? Did you know of? None that I know of. Okay. Uh, but, I, but I would be a fool to think that none of that was going on, whether it was a player or a coach, just because that's just kind of how the way things go. But nobody that I knew of specifically that was actually betting on a game or betting on games. Uh, I knew of guys, obviously, who would bet on the Super Bowl? Sure. That who weren't playing in the Super Bowl for, uh, uh, clearly. But as far as like you know, a Week Twelve game or something like that, nobody that I knew of personally or that I heard about. All right. Well, free agency starts next week, and it's brand new football season, getting it cranked up again, my man. Yeah. Oh man, it's uh, already come back around. You know, the first domino already fell uh, with Aaron Rodgers staying with Green Bay. Then we see Russell Wilson going uh, to the Denver Broncos, Devontae Adams getting tagged, Dalton Schultz getting tagged, I believe Jacecki getting tagged for the Miami Dolphins, yep. and a few other players as well. So Carson now, Wentz trade you know, to the Commanders. Yes, exactly. Just yesterday. Uh, and then, like I said, Khalil Mack possibly going to the Los Angeles Chargers. So, you know, everything is starting to get underway. A lot of players moving, a lot of players changing teams. And then that really affects the pecking order at which you start to see, okay, now somebody just moved up to the top free agent at that position, so to speak, something like that. Uh, Odell Beckham was somebody who was expected to be hot on the market, but he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. So he'll probably just go ahead and stay with the Los Angeles Rams, even though I don't have any insider knowledge on that. Right. That's just my own personal opinion. So I definitely see uh, it's going to be some movement 
going on a free agency. So I think if you're a team, if you're somebody like the Los Angeles, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, that you you made it to the playoffs last year, but clearly you weren't good enough. So the Raiders, I think, minus a few pieces, they can be right there with any team with within them. the AFC. But they definitely have to go ahead and they got to be aggressive starting this week, or should I say, at the end of this week, whenever the official tampering period starts. Uh, they got to go ahead and be on top of it to go ahead and get some of those top-notch guys in there or at least go ahead and bring back certain guys, certain pieces, and make sure that they hit it out the park in the draft. Well, Stan, you and I will have it covered starting next week, and uh, you can join us, Raider Nation, right here on the Believe in Raiders podcast. So, All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by Bet Online. For my partner, Stanford Route, I'm Dennis Sackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin corner thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube